Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live the First Amendment and Free Speech podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. organizes this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. I read the case Thomas versus Chicago Park District that went up to the U.S. Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. I read this on fine law. In this case, Thomas, the defendant, was with a hemp promotion organization, and he wanted to hold an event in the Chicago Park District. And Thomas argued that them requiring a permit to do this violated the First Amendment. The court ruled that the Chicago Park District was right, and thus it should there was no problem with that. Here's what the court said. Quote, The plaintiffs claim that because a regulation that requires permission to hold a political rally in a public forum, as the Chicago Park District's parks are conceded to be, imposes a prior restraint on the exercise of free speech, it must, to pass constitutional muster, be free of any element of vagueness or uncertainty that might enable the regulation to be enforced in such a way as to deter or impede the exercise of this most celebrated of constitutional rights, end quotes. What do you think about that? What do you think about permits? I've done my share of organizing events. When I was in the university, I followed the regulations. I got the approvals necessary for the university. I've also tried to do it in city settings. One time I wanted to do a parade, but and I filed the permit and the judge, not the judge, the police chief said he wouldn't do that because he didn't want to blog off the street for me so I could just do it on the side. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you looked at it, I decided to just go with the flow and just do it under his restrictions. Maybe in retrospect I should have challenged that more and said, I have the right to have the police block off the streets for my parade permit. Now, this isn't exactly a parade permit, but it does deal with similar issues. So I can emphasize with them if they're being denied the right to do what they want to do. Now, I applied for the permit, and if they don't want to apply for it, that's one thing. Should we have to apply for permits? That's a good question to ask. The court continues, quote, The historical referent of prior restraints is censorship. See William Blackstone, Commentaries on the Law, England 151-53-17-69, which the administration of a park system does not much resemble. The statement in the plaintiff's brief that the denial of a permit to hold a rally is the ultimate censorship is hollow rhetoric. It is a censor's business to make a judgment about the propriety of the content or message of the proposed expressive activity because he is in the business of suppressing such activity. Friends of free speech are not drawn to a career in censorship. The danger of abuse is very great, especially when assessed in the light of the dismal history of censorship. The regulation challenge here does not authorize any judgment about the content of any speeches or other expressive activities, activity, their dangerousness, offensiveness, immorality, and so forth. A park is a limited space, and to allow unregulated access to all comers could easily reduce, rather enlarge, the park's utility as a form for speech. The permit requirement at issue here is far more general, and so far as appears, the permit 
that deny do not relate to controversial or unpopular expression. End quote. I would like to point out that, quote, friends of free speech are not drawn to a career in censorship. I like that quote. In one sense, that seems true. In another sense, although I like where they're coming from, I question it. I have studied the shadow through people like one author named Debbie something. The name eludes me at the moment, but she talked about shadow in her book and then other books talk about the shadow that I've read. So, they say oftentimes when you present yourself one way, you have something inside that you're against and you think in reality you don't embrace that quality at all, but, but you do embrace it. You're just not aware of it and it creeps in subconsciously and it can sabotage you. For example, we all know people who were very pure but then later they didn't they suppressed that pure part as many people have pointed out and therefore it undermined them. Just think about that family with 19 kids. They were on this big purity kick that was unreasonable. Holding hands, you couldn't do hugs and all that stupid stuff all the rules they had and then look at their son. So it's definitely possible if someone's a friend of free speech to be drawn to a career in censorship. I've noticed the struggles that are going on in my soul and I contend every libertarian, every classical liberal, every anarchist, anyone who supports freedom does have that concern Deborah Tannen, another Debbie, coincidentally, noticed that oftentimes authority figures are rebellious before they become an authority figure. She argued that they don't oppose authority per se, but they only oppose it because they're not in a position of power. I've seen that happen a lot of time. That is a wise insight, and that can be true with friends of free speech or libertarians classical liberals, anarchists, or other similar people. Because they want the power, and if they don't have it, then they're rebellious and support liberty, but it's okay for them to take liberty. Now, we don't always see these people getting power, so we don't know what's going to happen. But I put forth that's in their soul. And thus, we need to guide ourselves and look within our side to make sure we aren't becoming this evil that we hate. So ultimately, it might be legitimate that parks require permits for hemp protesters or anybody else. I would, if I wanted to hold a rally in a park today, I'd probably apply for a permit. If I was denied a permit, then there would be an issue. So what do you think about that? They also make an interesting point in this decision about if no permits were allowed, it could be a big mess because one person could be over here, one over here, and then everyone would be drowning everyone else out. So that's something to consider too. And they don't see a park as an expressive organization such as the traditional press censor. And that's something to consider too because 
a park, like they say, is different than a press censor. So what do you think about this case? Thomas didn't win, but he tried. And I give props to anyone who's trying to take the First Amendment to the next level. You don't always win, but it's good effort and it may inspire people like me or you in the future. So how will you advance freedom of speech, the First Amendment, and third parties today? Long live the First Amendment and free speech. Goodbye.